Hello, hello, and welcome to another Win Daily Show. I'm four for four today. This is incredible. Uh, we just <laughs> didn't get a hockey one in. That's the only thing I think I'm missing. It's unfortunate. But now I'm joined again by Sina Jad, and now we have our director of NFL content with us, Nick Brettwish. Nick, how you doing today, buddy? It's a great day to be alive. Congrats on being married, Damn man. It, dude. Um, the You're first married show. That's my line. I know. Well, you're married now, so my, you, give up, I know. you give up a lot of your old oh, rights. Is that, so I'm is that how it works? That. Yeah. Uh, quick question, Nick. We were having this conversation before. Sorry for everybody that's listening now. Do you wear your wedding ring? I'm not married. Oh, yeah. Will you wear your <laughs> wedding ring? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I do. Uh, I did buy a uh, wedding ring, and it's badass. So, yeah. It's Wait, like, what, is this breaking news? Like, what are you, what are you even talking about? Are you no, engaged? I, I've, been, I've been engaged, yeah. yeah. I've been engaged right. since uh, last I, January. But I did just go get my own ring, and I'm excited to wear it because it's uh, – I'll, I'll wear it next show because, you know, girls no. can wear engagement rings. Why can't guys? I, I want equal rights, and that's what I'm going to go for. <laughs> and so one more. Now I have to say my grandfather from Italy off the boat, the whole thing – tried to give me his engagement ring because I guess back in the day, like guys got engagement rings too. And I told him, no, I'm pretty sure he was a little offended that I didn't. Damn. I, well, hey, I would take it from him if that was my relative. Nah, well, um, if you saw Nick, it, if you saw it, you wouldn't have. We're, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of bearing the lead here though, because the point is Michael and I don't wear our wedding rings. Michael's 48 hours from being married and he's already decided I'm not wearing my wedding ring. And I don't know if you noticed, but, Nothing here. So, and by the way, Joel, who was on the golf show with us literally two minutes ago, he does also does not wear his wedding ring. Oh, how about that? Look at that. So there I, you go. I, I welcome more more jewelry. I think like my necklace and ring and watches. Big watch guy too. I I would welcome all that. You're a, you're a big glasses guy too, man. You look good no, just, in with glasses. This is sophisticated, Nick. I am. Uh, all the projections from the 80 mile are done. Every single team week Ooh. one. Obviously, injury news will change throughout the week, but. It's over, so that's pretty cool. Sir, it has just begun. I don't know who the hell you are, but what we're here to do today, (laughs) we are going to have this as a weekly show. I don't know who's going to be here. I know I'm most likely going to be here because what else am I doing, right? Uh, But it's Sia, it's Nick, it's myself. We have a lot of other people, obviously. Jason's going to be coming on, and we're going to go through game by game. We're going to look at the lines. We're going to look how we like them. We're going to look at the spreads, the over-unders, and then maybe throw in a couple DFS plays that we're really, really feeling confident about. I already know Nick. Loves Randall Cobb. I'm sure he loves him even more with the news of Brandon Cooks potentially not playing. So that's a smash spot if you can get into that DFS showdown. But I'll let Nick talk a little bit more about that. So that's essentially what this show is going to be. We're going to have a ridiculous amount of NFL content. You guys are going to win a ridiculous amount of money. And hopefully one of these days, Nick's lighting will figure out and he'll look just as good as Sia. But today, <laughs> he has glasses on and I'll take it. So let's start out. New laptop. So I'm, I'm uh, yeah, not on my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not on my main setup. Blame it on the laptop. So we have our first game of the year is coming up in less than 48 hours. So 48 hours from my wedding. Now we're less than 48 hours away from the first game of the year. Coincidence? Probably not. Uh, this line, Kansas City, uh, Houston at Kansas City opened up at 56 and a half over under. Minus 10 to Kansas City. I'm looking at a consensus right now. It's at 54 and a half over under and a minus nine line. So I guess some people are taking the Houston side of this. Nick, I'll throw this to you first. Talk to me a little bit about this game, what you're looking at, and uh, where you're potentially going to put a couple bucks. I think it's going to be fun. We obviously remember that playoff game where Houston just blew a massive lead. Um, if you bet Kansas City live that day, you probably made a ton of money, so good for you. Uh, I was excited for the shootout. It's 54 total. Usually that is a great recipe for a ton of fantasy points. 
As opposed for a betting side, it looks like about 60% of the public's on Kansas City, 40% of the public on Houston. The line did drop from nine and a half to nine. I don't necessarily want to take a side at all because I it's I don't know what to think of these teams. No training camp, no preseason games. If I were to lean, I think I would take like the first half under just because it's such a big number and maybe these teams come out a little sloppy and we got a new rookie running back with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And then the other guy, Darrell Williams, I think he'll get a lot of tick too. But I think that would be my play. I mean, a new running back in Houston too, a whole new offense without DeAndre Hopkins. That dude had like 28% of the target market share in Houston. I think if I had to play anything, it's going to be the first half under, just assuming it's going to be a little sloppy at first. Very interesting. Now, I saw Sia kind of flexing over there because I think he has a pick like he should on a NFL pick joe but see ya you can't you for, talk, oh, you want to force a bet all right we can no, force not, bet. i'm kidding come on i want people to win money don't worry so i'll go to see it for that see ya talk to me a little bit about this game and where you're thinking <laughs> okay okay hold on oh, first, of all, first of all a couple things just just to start off about this show that me and nick will be doing with you look i don't know if it'll be both of us whatever but we're also going to invite some other people on the show and i actually just tweeted at a couple people i want to mention them because i think we're going to have them on the show either next wednesday or the wednesday after that uh eric tipton is one of them He's in my big money fantasy football league that one we fly out to Vegas for and do the draft. Uh, Tipton used to work for covers.com um, doing picks for both college football and the NFL. So we're going to have him on the show. Hopefully he'll be writing for us sometime soon. But the point is we're going to have him on the show for some picks. This guy from deep dive fantasy football, uh, super cool guy. He is, you know, he really impresses me. He's all over Twitter. He's got a pretty big following. I think um, he impresses me because he's one of those guys that like, has the hot take, but it's not a hot take for hot take purposes. It's, mm-hmm. it's a hot take because that's what he truly believes. So, you know, he's a guy that has like, you know, Tyler Boyd, I think in his like top 12 receivers or something like that. So he might be wrong, but the point is, you know, you can either kind of listen to those guys or you can go to one of those mainstream sites and just sort of see that they have sort of the same picks as everybody else, or maybe their differentiator is like one or two spots. So I, I like those guys to come on and either make, you know, fantasy picks, DFS picks, or, you know, uh, ATS pick. So uh, I'm kind of excited about that. Like maybe every week, whether it's for, you know, part of the show or the whole show to have some people on just kind of participating with the win daily team. But back to your question. I do want to start out with one point there. You're correct. And Joel, as we just had on the last show, had ESPN tell him he did a great job. So we all kind of made fun of him for that, but I I am sorry. (laughs) See ya, please. Uh, back to you. So I like the Texans plus nine and a half. I, I've actually touted this pick. This start. This actually opened up back in May at plus ten, and I mm-hmm. liked it then. Part of the reason I liked it then is because Chris Jones was potentially going to have a contract dispute with, um, you know, his team, the Kansas City Chiefs. He's he's back, but I think ten points is too much. I actually like what Nick said about the first half under because I think a lot of these games, week one, we're going to have conservative game plans for the most part. We're going to have a feeling out process, almost like we see in like the first quarter of a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. for example. So. So I think that's going to happen with with no preseason. I think it's kind of inevitable. So with an over under this big, I like the overall under. I actually like the first half under, but my my favorite bet is the Texans plus nine, plus nine and a half, wherever you get it. Listen, this is a Texans team that this might be the only week that they're fully healthy, both on offense and defense. Even if you take Brandon Cooks out of the mix because he was a did not practice today. You know, you got Will Fuller, you got Randall Cobb, you got Kenny Stills. You have the one of the top five quarterbacks in the league in Deshaun Watson. So, you know, you know, everybody's healthy on defense for once. I just think nine, nine and a half points, especially in a game one is too many points. Can we bet the under, though, after the year that we've had? Like, we've been waiting for football so long. We were waiting for sports for so long. It just seems kind of 
sacrilegious to bet the under, but I do think I, it's the right it's the right play. I, I see where you're coming from. Yes, I want I want this game to be 35-34, right? I'd be totally cool with that, but I obviously don't think that's going to happen. I kind of agree with both of you guys. I think it's going to be a lot of feeling out, as he has said, kind of that first half of the Super Bowl, kind of just figuring out what the hell we're trying to do, seeing what, you know, it's, I think it's going to come down. I think this year, more than any year, is going to be a lot like college football because you're kind of just waiting for someone to screw up. And I think this is where it's going to happen. You're going to have a blown coverage. Somebody's going to be wide open. And you're like, how is Tyreek Hill that wide open? There's no one 15 yards in between them. So it's uh, it, it's going to be interesting. But I do think we're, we're going to take a little while before we start to see uh, a lot of real football. So one last thing. One other thing I want to point out, like I think this game is going to be close throughout. But even if it's like a 14-point game, I mean, the, it's not like we have a vaunted Chiefs defense. A backdoor mm-hmm. cover is a distinct yeah. possibility in this game, even if you think the Chiefs are going to be sort of in runaway mode to some degree. Yep, I completely agree with you there. And and Nick, again, those those running backs, I know Damian Williams, playoff Damian, as Joe Buck likes to call him, might not be the greatest, but he definitely knows what he's doing. We'll see what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire Went in the first round in pretty much every draft since Damian Williams has been out. Uh, so so shout out to him. I got him. I in finally one. drafted him today. Yeah, I got him time. in one. Uh, I was very excited about that as my RB two, I think, which isn't really that bad. So not angry about it. Um, let's move on to some of these one o'clock uh, my uh, games, and I also just want to say one last thing. If you're looking for a full game by game breakdown. We are going to have that. And not only are we going to have it, but we obviously already have it for this week one. Adam Strangis, Strangis, whatever. Dude, sorry, never going to get your last name right. Uh, at Buckin for the number life. Uh, he did an entire breakdown of every single Sunday game, every single position and who they're going up against. It is incredible. It is so thorough. It's a lot. It's very impressive. Oh, and it's free. Mm, that's not too bad. It's free on windailysports.com. So make sure to go check that out. But... Let's move on to this. The first one o'clock game that I'm looking at here is Miami and New England, the new Miami defense with Ryan Fitzpatrick, the, the new New England offense with Cam and new defense because they lost pretty much everybody on that defense. Uh, looking at the line, it opened up at 30 or 43 and a half minus five and a half to New England. That has now moved to 43 as an over under and minus six and a half consensus to New England. See, I'll start with you. How are you feeling about these Miami Dolphins? And these Cam Newton, New England Patriots. Yeah, so I I like the Dolphins this year. I particularly like the Dolphins next year. I think what they've done with this like completely revamped team and just stocking up on draft picks, I think, I think their draft actually could have been a little bit better. I think in the first few rounds they reached a little bit, but they're clearly improved at everywhere. But honestly, in game one, I'm not so sure that this is the game to take the Miami Dolphins, especially against the Patriots. Like, I'm not really so concerned about Cam Newton's presence with New England, Mm -hmm. at least not in week one. But I just feel like New England is going to be way more prepared. I like what Miami's doing. I like their coaching staff. I like their head coach. But, you know, this is good. Just so you know, this is a stay away game for me. I will be betting Deshaun Watson and Houston on Thursday night. This one's a stay away. But if, if I have to make a pick, I absolutely will be taking the Patriots minus the six and a half. Yeah, at minus five and a half, that would have been a little easier to take. But uh, six and a half is, you know, obviously a pretty big number. Nick, talk to me about this Miami-New England game. Ooh, again, going to take the coward's way out. No play for me. But if I were to make a lean, it's going to be the opposite of Sia. I'm going to go with Miami. Miami does very well in New England historically. And Brian Flores knows this coaching staff in New England so well. And the main reason for me is because New England's linebackers this year are so bad and they, they're going to have a tough time covering Mike Jacecki. So I knew he was going to come up. <laughs> I knew he was going to come up. The goat, the tight end goat put his, put his uh, bust in 
Uh, where's that kitten, if I'm not mistaken? Um, you know, just put his bus there. We're good. He's already a Hall of Famer in Nick's eyes, and I appreciate the hell out of you. Got him in pretty much every draft so far, just for you. So if this yeah, doesn't no work, pressure man, on me there. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking you down. I'm taking <laughs> you down with me. But no, it should be fun. Um, I'm probably going to agree with Sia on this one, just because it's New England, and I don't know what the hell we're going to get out of Miami. It still fits magic. So anything's possible, as we saw last year in that what that last game of the year, which was incredible. One thing that I forgot to bring up, and you know, that's kind of on me. We're 12 minutes into the show at this point. No fans, um, right? We're going into New England. Who the hell cares? You're just playing on a field in Boston in, in September. Big deal, right? I think the cold weather is going to start affecting things a little later in the year. Do you guys see, especially either of these first two games and really any game on this slate being affected by what we're talking, I think Miami can have fans, but Buffalo can't. And like some, do you think that's going to affect anything throughout the season if a team has 10,000 fans in the, in the stands? Uh, yeah, but not for the home team, for the away team. I actually think this is a, absolutely an advantage for the away team because not only are they not going to be disrupted on offense like they normally are for an away game, but their their defense is going to be tied in because they're going to be hearing the calls. Like I think it's going to be kind of – I mean, you could say the same for the home team, but mm. the home team isn't used to having that when they're at home. Yeah. So it, it's not – you know, it's it's really because of the different circumstances for the away team in that regard – it's going to be a bonus for them. So I, not only do I not think there's a home field advantage, but I actually think there's a home field disadvantage. Now, if we're talking about affecting the point spread, I mean, you know, maybe a half a point or a point, but but that even that is probably overstating it. But I, I wouldn't give any, even with, you know, 10, 15,000 fans in the seats, I wouldn't give a home team any edge unless there is a travel issue. So, you know, a lot of these West Coast teams like the Las Vegas Raiders or the Rams or the San Francisco 49ers, the Seahawks in particular, they have to travel. I mean, I think, the Baltimore Ravens travel a total of like 7,000 miles this entire season. Like that's like one road trip for Seattle, essentially. Mm -hmm. I, I say road trip figuratively, of course. So that's where I'm baking in sort of the home field advantage in terms of like the scheduling and the traveling and all that stuff. But as far as on the field, no, it's not an advantage at all, in my opinion. Anything for you, Nick? No, I couldn't agree more. I know that um, a lot of the sports that we had come back first, especially like uh, the English Premier League, weren't the away teams just went in at a crazy rate or at least covering? I don't know how you cover in soccer. Like they only score one goal a game. But I know that was a factor too, like somewhere where there's a ton of fans that really create an impact in the game atmosphere. And that's obviously soccer. Like they're absolutely nuts about it over in Europe and everywhere else overseas. But yeah, it's interesting to me. That's why I that's why I like Miami, I guess, for the lean is just because that's a lot of points to play at. If we want to call it a neutral site, not a ton of travel from the East Coast, you know, Southeast Coast to the East Coast. So, but yeah, I, to talk about Sia, like everything he said about Vegas moving to Carolina, that's a lot of travel. Like those are the only games I would consider anything for. But yeah, no fans is definitely going to help the away teams big time. It's going to be interesting, and I'm kind of curious as the uh, season goes on uh, to see you know what teams start to open up a little bit more, who's allowed to have some extra fans, and see if that that really does do anything again. If, you know, it's these stadiums that can fit 50, 60, 70,000 people. They're at 10%, 20% capacity. Okay, there's like 10,000 people there. How much is that really going to do? I'm kind of curious to see what happens there. We've already had a little controversy this year. So moving on to the next game, this one should be a fun one. Uh, I hope someone doesn't get pooped on. We have the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. Cleveland, uh, the the total uh, opened up at 48.5, still there. Baltimore opened up at minus 9, now at minus 8. Hopefully you guys all got my joke. Maybe if you were on the internet today. You would have heard it. Uh, see, I think we threw to you last time. So, Nick, we'll go to you. How do you feel about Lamar Jackson defending his MVP 
and uh, running all over the Browns, who actually destroyed them in one game last year. I think it was, what, like 48 to 10, 43 to 10, just some kind of a joke of a game. And then Baltimore didn't lose again until the end of the season, obviously. So how are you looking at this game if you're leaning one way or another? Man, this is a tough one. I think this is the first time I'm going to take the favorite there with Baltimore. Um, I just think they're going to run all over Cleveland. I don't know how. I don't. The hardest thing for me right now is handicapping Cleveland's defense. See, so you got any any thoughts on that defense? What's going to happen? I just I don't see how they stop the run. And Baltimore's defense only got better than they were last year, and that's that's pretty scary. So I, I like Baltimore to kind of anything under like nine. I think I'm going to take Baltimore most games right now. Yeah, I um. I've been leaning underdogs, even though I, I didn't take the the Dolphins in the last pick. I've been leaning underdogs. Um, this in, like if I'm undecided or I think it's kind of coin flippish, I'm gonna go with the plus points, especially when it's this high. So I'm gonna stay there with this game. But I agree with you, Nick. This is this one's like kind of hard to justify in terms of how does Cleveland stop Baltimore? And Baltimore, I mean, geez. Like in their draft, like they upgraded everywhere. I mean, it's just yeah. one of those things like this 14 and two team is somehow better with a somehow easier schedule than they had last year. I mean, this team is definitely Super Bowl bound, in, you know, in my opinion. But yeah, I'm going to take the Browns. It's it, This is more, I got to admit, this one's more of a gut play. I have a lot of more like definitive plays as we go down, but this one's more of a gut. I just think eight is too much. And, and I do think that Stefanski being there now, it is a new coach and that's a disadvantage when you consider no preseason. But Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they've got the weapons on the outside. They've got Hooper. It just seems like this team has the weapons to just kind of hold the ball and score some touchdowns and keep it within that eight. They do need to run the hell out of the ball. Keep Lamar Jackson off the field as long as possible. That's what Tennessee did when they beat him. So if Cleveland obviously is probably watching that film like crazy because that's the, the game plan to beat Baltimore. So they definitely have the personnel to do it. I just I don't know. I'm just worried about their defense when Lamar does get on the field. And Lamar Jackson only had like 600 total yards of offense in that game by himself. Uh, and they still ended up losing that game. It was all those turnovers, man. That would have been a, such a great game if he didn't have that last fumble. But it is what it is. Uh, the MVP, I don't know. Just out of curiosity, you guys think he repeats, Nick? I'm going to go with Mahomes this year because yeah. McCole Hardman is going to have a big role in that offense and that is going to help. Oh, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, see. Mahomes got hurt last year. Like, if that did. didn't happen, I, I mean, Lamar Jackson had an absolute ridiculous year, but Mahomes can give him a run for his money. I'm going to go with Mahomes. We got, we got any leans on the total here? Cleveland, Baltimore, 48 and a half. That's pretty high for you when you know Cleveland's going to run the hell mm-hmm. out of the ball. Both of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's too high. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be on unders for the most part in some of these high totals, and that's, that's one of them. Yeah, yep, that's what I was thinking, too. That my favorite bet there is the under. Love it. And as we were talking, we have the Las Vegas Raiders going down to Carolina, North Carolina, Charlotte. Uh, We have the, it opened at 46 and a half as a pick'em. We are now at 47 and a half and the consensus is minus three to the Raiders. So that line moved three entire points to the road team. You don't usually see that happen all that much. Seal, let's start with you first. Why do you think the line moved that much and who are you thinking of taking? I don't know why the line moved that much. I, I know there's a lot right? when we're, yeah, when, when we're on with, um, you know, Meltzer on, on Sirius XM fantasy sports channel, of course, like he was, he's been pretty big on the Raiders this year. He seems to almost have like an inside edge that, that this team has something brewing that, that we don't see from the outside looking in. I mean, they are getting some, some defenders back that were out all last season. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to help. I mean, they do have, you know, rugs, but I don't really think that's going to be a difference in terms of the line adjustment. 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know why the line adjusted, but I'll tell you, I do like the Raiders. Uh, I think Carolina's just too young, especially on defense. I mean, they really upgraded on defense in the draft, but I don't think it's really going to be there for them week one. So I like the. I think it's going to be a relatively close game. I actually think this is a great game to stack in DFS. I think if you, whichever side you decide to take, I think it, a very sneaky stack would be taking Derek Carr. I mean, if you want to be contrarian, taking Derek Carr in like a Brian Edwards or, or maybe a, a Darren Waller uh, and then, you know, CMC on the other side of it. I think there's, there's a lot of potential here to, uh, Gosh, again, yeah. it's a contrarian stack, but it's a stack nonetheless. Yes, and Josh Jacobs. Thanks, Nick. Yep. Nick, how do you Gotta feel? Play Josh Jacobs. No, I, I, exactly. I totally agree with that. Yeah, and also just already the Raiders have traded away their third round pick, Lynn Bowden, for like a handful of change, which I thought was very, very weird. So, yikes. But um, Nick, talk to me a little bit about this game. I mean, the move, line moved a lot. Are you? Are you? I, I'm either assuming the public put all their money on the Raiders, um, maybe just people in Vegas, or there are a lot of sharps that said you guys are crazy. We're taking the Raiders at a pick them. I think both happened. Oh, sharp money better. got in on Las Vegas when the line was low, and now the public is following suit. Ah, uh, and it's like seventy percent of the tickets right now are on Vegas. I hate to go with the seventy percent side. Usually, I'll always go the opposite. But it's Matt Rule's first game. It's I'm just gonna take. I mean, it, I it, it sounds like a free square. It's Gruden against a rookie coach. Give me Gruden all day long. I like that. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. How yeah, about that total? How do you guys feel about that total? That moved a little bit. It kind of only it went up by a point. Not too, too much, but it went up by a point. Are either of you guys taking um, the over, the under there? We need to get a couple of those in. Those are fun plays. Life's too short at the under. <laughs> I'm leaning under again there. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I don't think Carolina's man. offense really has much, uh, honestly. Robbie Anderson's their number two wide receiver, and for some reason, well, people think DJ Moore is good, so I'm just I'm confused. I just <laughs> DJ Moore is good. I just don't know that he's as good as everybody thinks he is. Okay, thank um, you. That makes me feel me... a little bit better. No, What's DJ Moore's the most overrated player in fantasy football right now, next to Austin Eckler. Uh, you guys I knew can, you had to get Everybody that else don't can worry. both have him, yeah. We'll get no, I mean, the Chargers. I have, let's see here, I got Oakland projected for 1.8 rushing touchdowns and Derek Carr thrown for 1.2, 1.42. So that puts us right around, you know, at a field goal in there, right around 27, 30 points. So I'm with C. I kind of like this game to go a little shootout for a DFS wise. It's just Teddy Bridgewater on the other side leaves much to be desired. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't have a lean on this over or under. I think I would just go with Oakland's team total over. I think they roll them. And that would be my only play on anything over and under. And then prop bets when they come out, whatever Josh Jacobs comes out with, hit the over. We hit the over on that. I love it. Don't even care what the number is. It it could be more than what I haven't projected for. We'll go over. Let's hit this NFC (laughs) least. Last year, we had this as the first game of the year, and it almost worked out for CM myself. We have the Philadelphia Eagles against the Washington Football Club. Line open minus five and a half to the Eagles, 45 and a half. That number has moved to minus six for the Eagles consensus and all the way down to 42 over under. That, again, is a big swing. I guess people do not think these teams are going to score at all. See, I know, I mean, you're the Washington Football Club fan here. I know you think that their offense or their defensive line is going to be treacherous, and I probably agree with you there. So is this six and a half just a little too big, or do you just think that the Eagles are going to win? And before I answer that, <laughs> before I answer that, let me go to Nick. Nick, what did you have? Oh, okay. I I was just gonna say I'm gonna my biggest bet of the night is that we both agree on this side. I'll go back to you and let's see what happens. Let's okay, see. so um, little name dropping here. Um, 
I was on, of course, John Jansen's show, although he was covering for somebody else on Fox Sports Philly uh, earlier this evening. It was like 525 Eastern time. And we went over NFL lines and I had the courage to tell John on a Philly radio station that the Washington football team, otherwise known as the Redskins, are going to cover that. It was six and a half where we were seeing it at DraftKings at the time. So six, six and a half, whatever it is. I think they're going to cover it. And I, I think the reasons are, to me, kind of obvious. Listen, Carson Wentz is a little banged up. Miles Sanders is a little banged up. Let's just assume they're healthy for a second. Their right tackle and their right guard are gone. They're, all of their receivers are gone, except for Greg Ward, if you want to count him. Like, rieger has gone. Alshon's gone. Deshaun Jackson, okay, he's there, but he's 34. And honestly, he's not exactly a target monster. So, you know, it's like basically J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Zach Ertz and Goddard and Ward. And I just don't think that's going to be super intimidating to a, a Washington team that has a great front seven. I don't think Wentz is going to have a lot of time to throw the ball. So he'll throw it around. Eagles will probably win the game, but I don't think it's by six. I think they might win the game by three or four. And I actually like the under in this game too. I don't, I don't think the, I don't think Washington's going to score a ton of points either. I could easily see this being a 17, 13 or, you know, a 24 to, you know, 14 type game. I love it. Nick, I have to assume you agree. I cashed my ticket. Yeah, 70% of the public on Philly. That line's not moving any further. Six is the number. Six and a half is even better if you're on Washington. Yeah, that is my favorite bet of the week, I think, in addition to one other that we'll get to. But, yeah, I want – can't say anything different than what Sia just said. I'm excited to see I, – I just want to watch this game because I want to see Darius Slay against Terry McLaurin. I think McLaurin gives him a run for his money. And I'm, I'm very excited for that. I'm assuming he's going to shadow Terry. Steven Sims could have a good game too, but I'm, I just want, I love Terry McLaurin and his route running. I want to see how he does against one of the best out there in Darius Slay. That should be a fun one. Washington covers for sure. I'm with Sia all day on this one. Yeah, and one of the one other thing. Okay, first of all, obviously it can't be twenty four fourteen if it's Eagles because then the Washington doesn't cover. But I'm just saying, like that's the type of score or those are the type of numbers that 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 I think uh, we're looking at. But keep an eye you know what we, we we pepper in a little dfs when we talk about the betting show keep an eye on sims because sims is probably going to be the wide receiver too for washington and honestly he is lightning fast and he really showed out i think the last three no the last four games or the last three games for washington last year he had four touchdowns i mean this guy is going to generate some targets because mclaurin for good reason is going to generate a lot of the coverage so it, you know as far as a cheap dfs play maybe week one isn't the time to, to do it but I'd really keep an eye on Steve Sims because he's going to be priced, you know, sub 5K every single week. Yeah, I think Man. it's 4,700 week one. So I, I like him this week just because uh, I know the public is going to be scared of both sides of this game just because there's no one in Philly outside of Zach Ertz. But yeah, I, I think Steven Sims is definitely a really good matchup. But, but I mean, I guess Antonio Gibson is super chalk and I get it. Um, Philly's linebackers definitely can't cover running backs, especially a guy with his skill set. But yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to watch this game as boring as it may be. I think it'll just be a fun one to watch. And uh, yeah, a Washington cover. Bryce Love all day. I'll start with that. But then also <laughs> the only problem, the only, you know, little little piece of the armor that I can probably pierce through is the fact that Dwayne Haskins is the quarterback of this team. That is the only problem I can see with this. And he looked awful. And now I know the internet does funny things. And there was this awesome video of Alex Smith really just on one leg and Dwayne Haskins both throwing the ball at the same time. And Dwayne Haskins completely misses his receiver. And Alex Smith hits his in the hands. Now, of course, that was the probably just one time it happened. But I don't know. I want, I'm want i with you guys. Hell, I want Washington to win this game by 100. But I don't know, man. 
Dwayne Haskins is the quarterback. It scares me a little bit, see you. So, yeah, and you're assuming that Ron Rivera and the coaching staff doesn't know this because I agree with you. Haskins isn't very good. His accuracy is hilarious. <laughs> his mechanics, his feet are bad. But the point is, the, the, the game plan for guys like that is going to be scaled back until, yes. until a point where it can't be get scaled back because they're trailing by so much. And with this particular version of the Eagles, as injured as they are, I don't think they're going to need to air it out with Dwayne Haskins at any point in the game other than maybe the fourth quarter if they actually are trailing by double digits so i think it's a conservative game plan a lot of underneath stuff hopefully the eagles defense doesn't confuse him too much he doesn't throw a couple you know errant interceptions but outside of that i don't think he, they're going to really unleash him is okay well unleash i guess is a word you could definitely use i do want to see him and terry mclaurin <laughs> hook up a couple times as they did in ohio state that was a lot of fun to watch so let's move on uh this is another one of sia's very favorite games and this line just kept moving kept moving kept moving we have the chicago bears the mitchell trubisky led which i'm pretty sure sia called he said bet mitchell trubisky to start for the chicago bears he was right the Chicago Bears going up against the Detroit Lions opened up at 44 total. It's now 44 and a half. I think it says right here that the line opened at a pick em. I'm pretty confident it opened up at minus one to Detroit. It has now moved all the way to minus three for Detroit. And Sia said at minus one, at minus one and a half, and at minus two to take Detroit the whole time. So, Sia, I'm going to open up here with you again. Are we taking Detroit minus three? So, in the but who's counting category of things, it was on May 25th. It was that I went back and looked because it was like the I was draft day, right? I, I don't recall. I just know we were on Sirius and and that and I said it. It was either the second time or the first time that I said it on, on that date. So the the point is this is this is a classic case of like people don't know what we have in the Detroit Lions. This offense is totally legitimate, especially with Stafford healthy. I don't know what the situation is going to be with DeAndre Swift in week one. Again, Mitch Trubisky was plus 200 to start. We, we called that too around that same time in May. He's, you know, Detroit Lions aren't really going to have to scheme much for him. David Montgomery, I don't know, you know, Nick, maybe Nick can tell us if he's actually going to play week one, but this is absolutely, um, you know, I got it at one and a half. I would still bet it at minus three and just hope that you don't have the push there. I mean, I, I know the Bears defense is pretty good, but no, I, I think the Lions win this game by seven. Oh, all right. I like that. Nick, how do you feel? Ed is David Montgomery going to play week one. Um, he's supposed to have a limited role as of now, but that's probably just coach speak because the only other guy they can have to run the ball is Ryan Nall, and we don't really want to talk about him. But Tariq what about Cohen Tyree Cohen? You don't think Terry Cohen can he, run the ball? Weird. No, Why do I keep no. seeing him go as a running back in all my drafts in like the 10th round while I laugh at everybody as they take him? It's weird. Yeah, Very weird. I, I mean, take him week one. All right. This is my favorite bet of the week is over 44 in this game. I don't care how slow it starts. These guys are going to score points. It is my favorite DFS stack. It will be my main lineup, which is going to have, you know, obviously I will have a lot invested in that. No one's going to play this game. The uh, 80 model right here shows the projected top three receivers on the Sunday slate. Michael Thomas at one. No surprise there. Number two, Kenny Galladay. Number three, Allen Robinson. All right. So wow. if Kenny Galladay and Allen Robinson are projected that high, that's above Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, Tyler Lockett, Julio Jones, all those other higher scoring games. If Kenny Galladay and Robinson have a good game, obviously the quarterbacks on the other side have to have a solid game as well so i really like this to go well over i got it projected for 50 points right now on the button so a six point differential is very big obviously this could go completely the other way if trubisky comes out and shits the bed it's very possible but 
I'm trusting it. It's the offseason. He's familiar with all these receivers. Anthony Miller is as healthy as he can get. And one thing that I love is Matt Patricia and his pride. He's going to play man defense. He does not have the corners to do that. I know Jeff Akuda is there. I think he's going to have a rude awakening week one trying to cover Allen Robinson and or Anthony Miller. This game's going to shoot out. I don't have a pick on the side. I think I'm with Sia. I wouldn't take the three because, honestly, if you're looking to bet this game and you're looking to bet Detroit, you miss the market. Sia's been talking about it since May 25th. Like, that is a sharp play. You've got the best number on the market. We're never going to see that again. It's never going to go down that far. But take the over. I am so confident this game has a good shootout potential. We just need Trubisky to be competent. And (laughs) that's the the risk Uh, there. Yeah, you're putting a lot of money on that, bud. We all watched him last year. Yeah, no, I I love this game. I'm excited to watch it, and I'm not a Bears fan too, so it's not like a homer pick by any means. This game's just going to be sloppy and in the right way for DFS players. Love and it. by the way, that line might go down to two and a half um, because I saw the juice was was kind of going down on the three. So uh, wait for it. If you want to take it, wait for it at two. And a, it's not going to go to three and a half. I promise you that. I think I think at three, I would take the Bears just because of pass rush, but. I don't know. I don't know what takes it. Like, how is Detroit going to run the ball? DeAndre Swift's not ready to go. Adrian Peterson? Yeah, sure. But and carry on's healthy, he, too. Yeah, I do like carry on. It's a cheap play, too. But I don't know. I'm just, I'm so sold on the over. It's starting to move, too, to 45 and a half at most books. I got it at 44. I'm happy about that. I think that's the best price on the market. I don't think we're going to see anything under 45 by Sunday. If you so, really like that, you can take. I got FanDuel right now at 43 and a half. So if you really right. want that extra point, I am going to bet it on that as well. Hop over to FanDuel, <laughs> grab the extra point. And that's what Great. you have to do, everybody listening. Shop your Price lines, shop. Yep. shop your lines, shop your lines because you can find something somewhere. <laughs> as we've been talking about, FanDuel, William Hill, DraftKings, um, William, I already said William Hill. MGM, thank you. Uh, myself, that's always great too. So let's move on. Uh, we still have bunch of games left and this is awesome i'm very excited to talk about all these so we have a couple more one o'clock games two more one o'clock games we have the indianapolis colts going against the in jacksonville against the jacksonville jaguars the line opened up minus seven to the colts it's now moved to minus eight the total opened up at 46 it is now 45 you can if you're really feeling it you can grab minus seven at fanduel depending on which side you're really feeling um so I think we started with Sia the last couple of times. So we'll start with Nick. How do you feel about this Indianapolis and Jacksonville Jaguars game? I think it's going to be closer than the spread shows. I know eight's a lot of points. I, I'm not going to take a side either way. But a fun fact, I, I ran a little Twitter trivia last night. I don't know ah. if it's trivia, whatever. But I was wrong. One, No one was right. Oh, okay, one good. guy was right, but he's in my group chat for my home wow. fantasy league when I let them know too. So I have... Marlon Mack projected for 55% of the rushing market share on Sunday for the Indianapolis Colts. And he projected out as the number four rushing yards leader for Sunday slate. Marlon Mack. So FanDuel, super cheap there. If you want to play him on there, I think it's going to be a great, a great game for this whole running attack because you could run all over Jacksonville. And I think this is kind of a little mini stack too. I don't know if I want to play Phil Rivers and T.Y. Hilton. I think, uh, Herndon or whatever the corner is for Jacksonville is going to try to cover T.Y. Hilton. That's not a good sign. I know Ian Harditz tweeted about that earlier today, too. That was something that was on my matchup sheet on Monday. First thing in the morning yesterday, that's what I did on my day off. But I don't know. I I have no read on this spread. I think Jacksonville can potentially play catch up. I expect a very big game for DJ Chark. So I'll do a little mini stack in DFS with Marlon Mack and then DJ Chark on the other side because that is how I want to roll in FanDuel. 
I love that. That's good love stuff. it. See, so, yeah, how do you feel about this game? Yeah, it, this is one's hard for me because I think everybody's going to be on the Colts, and I never really want to be where everybody is. I mean, eight is a lot of points, but I'm just not sure how the Jaguars are going to generate enough offense to cover this spread. So, uh, I, if I had to pick a side here, you know, this is one where you know it's kind of a cop out answer where I'd be looking to tease this or money line this with something else. But if I had to take the the against the spread, I'm going Colts minus eight. I, I think they win by double digits. Mm-hmm. Nick. No, that's a perfect way to do it. See, I said it perfectly. Use this game, like the money line as a parlay juicer or something, just to get it in there, you know, or tease it. It's a perfect way to do it. There's no way Indy loses this game. Frank Reich is one of the best coaches in the NFL, in my opinion. My favorite bet for coach of the year with this Indianapolis Colts team, um, just because the odds on that are, are pretty high. But, yeah, I, I don't think I want to mess with the eight at all or the total at all because, you know, it's Phillip Rivers' first game with a new team, no preseason. We've going over that for almost every scenario in all these games. And then Gardner Minshew on the other side, yikes. Yeah, I, I think it's just a perfect money line juicer for your parlays, like a three-team or something. You can get like two to one or three to one odds on a couple money lines you like. That's probably the way to go. I love Gardner Minshew. I want him to be good so bad. He's got a dope mustache. I, I do like that. Sweet mustache. Mine was nice better. Mine well, was better, but... Was better. What can you say now? <laughs> I, I sold out. Yeah, corporate America. Corporate America sold you out. Um... One thing I will say, listening to Warren Sharp, friend of the show, or want him to be a friend of the show. So I think I'm just going to call him friend of the show. And <laughs> the the show. But he was talking about, I mean, the only season, I mean, who was the number two team halfway through the season last year at week eight? I think it was. Who was the second place team in the AFC? Indianapolis Colts. Then Marlon Mack got hurt. Then the rest of their team got hurt. And then Jacoby Brissett became the quarterback that we actually know him to be. So if they are healthy, if they can run the ball, that's why they got Jonathan Taylor. So they don't fall with, you know, whomever. I can't even remember who the hell was running the ball. I think they were down to like their third running back at one point. Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins. Wilkins, okay. And then I think there was even one more below him because I remember placing a waiver wire on some dude that didn't even have a picture yet. Um, So I always like those. (laughs) You love that part of the season. I love that part. Dude doesn't have a picture. Dude doesn't even have a picture yet. But. But um, he was saying, I mean, if they can stay relatively healthy, I mean, their their defense is incredible. Their offensive line is just, is just stacked. It's so funny. They get this offensive line for Andrew Luck, and then he leaves. So now Phillip Rivers has this <laughs> offensive line. So we'll see what happens there. But I think uh, I think Indianapolis has a really good shot. I think I think they cover. Uh, I think the Jaguars are that bad. They've just tried to get rid of everybody. Um, so that's why I don't think. Gardner Minshew is going to be all that great. But they tried to get rid of everybody. They have like a wide receiver. They have half a quarterback, I'd say, and that's pretty much their entire team at this point. So I do think the Colts cover the spread there, but I agree with you guys. If you're feeling a little frisky, um, you know, throw that in the, uh, put that in a money line, put that in a parlay to make yourself just a little bit more money. We'll see what happens there. So yeah, last, and, uh, real okay. quick, sorry, Michael, be, no, 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 no. be aware for an 80 mile play on Marlon Max rushing over. If it's anywhere near 50, I think it's going to open at like 55 yards. I got him 20 over that, so that'll be a very big play for uh, Win Daily on the article there. So keep an eye I out for that one. Can't wait to make so much money on player props this year. Let's go. Uh, we will now move to the Green Bay Packers, our last 1 o'clock game, Green Bay Packers in Minnesota. We have this game opened at 46.5. It's now down to 45.5, and, and it is open minus 3 Minnesota, and it is now minus 3 Minnesota, but I I think it looks like the juice is moving closer to Minnesota, actually. So I'm sorry, I'm moving to Packers. My bad. Um, Nick, I think you're a Packers fan, right? I am. Yes, sir. Yeah. Let's start with you. How do you think Jordan Love does in this game? 
I think he does a great job holding the clipboard. Nice. That's and watching greatness, one of the most underrated QBs in fantasy sports. You ever draft on Yahoo yet this summer? Or have you guys Literally done the Yahoo draft? Just finished one in like like 20 minutes ago. Dude, they have Aaron Rodgers as like QB 17. I, I love that because so when you get in there, like the Q does take over. Like people look and say, oh, he's not in the next 15. I'm not taking him. So it's perfect. So I just wait for Rodgers every time. But I do not think this is the game for Aaron Rodgers. 70% of the public around the Packers, that line is not moving. We got sharp money on Minnesota. I think Minnesota handles them very well with QBX. Finally back in the offensive coordinator position. And uh, Dalvin Cook, I think, is projected for the second most running yards in the 80 mile. And I love Dalvin Cook because his ownership right now is pretty low in DFS. I think he is going to be my pivot from McCaffrey. And I'm just going to go with the numbers here. I think three at home. I mean, this is what the spread is every single time Green Bay goes to Minnesota. They're like plus three, and everybody takes the Packers all the time, and Minnesota covers this game. But that is with Minnesota's home crowd. So I'm leaning Minnesota. I think I want to bet this game, but I'm going to let Sia hopefully talk me off of it because that crowd is a factor, and that three points is pretty much what we're always used to seeing with a full crowd. And Green Bay did not get any better this offseason. So, and besides their defense, I think their defense is going to be a lot better. I just don't know how they they were so bad against the run last year. I don't see how that gets that much better week one. Yeah, I mean, uh, Devontae Adams, I think I'm, I'm going to start on the nice list here. I think he's going to be the best fantasy receiver uh, this year uh, ahead of Michael Thomas. Uh, that's the that's the only good thing I can say about the Packers. I think it's going to be a really down year. I think they won a lot of close games that maybe they shouldn't have won last year, but even if they should have won, there's just going to be regression there. Um, these one possession games. I think Matt LaFleur is kind of ruining this team. Uh, and I think the Vikings have done more in the offseason, uh, particularly with the draft, to actually uh, cover this spread. So uh, I, it's a stay away from me, but if I had to bet it, I, I definitely would be taking the Vikings. That makes sense. I will say the Vikings, as you said, they did do a lot in the draft. They brought in 12 rookies on their team. You know, that's like over 20% of their team is now rookies um, from the draft undrafted as well. I think they lo- they did have a lot of turnover on defense. They don't have, I think they have like one member of their starting secondary still there. So I think, again, if there's a play, Nick, maybe the 80 model can correct me or if I'm wrong. But I feel like Devontae Adams is in line for a huge game because he's either he's going up against a rookie cornerback in most situations because uh, they either traded away, let go, or didn't sign. Uh, I guess those two things are the same. But they pretty much got rid of their entire secondary. Um, they a couple of the other def- their defensive line they got rid of a couple guys there too. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens there. Kirk Cousins still getting paid. You know, shout out Kirk Cousins and his uh, you know whatever he's doing, it's working. So I'll work with it. Nick, what do you got? Yeah, I got Devontae Adams projected for 5.9 catches, so right around 6, 72 yards, so very solid, half a touchdown. He's projected for the fourth wide receiver output out of the Sunday main slate. I, I get the secondary issues, but I think Minnesota's going to play some sort of zone and bracket coverage over Devontae Adams, and and maybe a guy like Alan Lazard could step out or Valdez Scantling. I know C has been talking about him a lot. It's, we've been waiting on him as Packer fans for a long time with MVS. He is so fast. Like it, this is a matchup that he should be able to excel in and kind of make a name for himself early as like a week two waiver wire guy. If you're not into Alan Lazard being that wide receiver two in Green Bay, I, I don't think we see a lot of Sternberger yet. I know that's a guy I was pretty high on going into the season as like a tight end flyer. I don't think we ever need to get that low in a season long draft unless you're in like a 20 man league, which probably doesn't exist. But 
That's the one thing about Devontae that I, I even with his projection so high for me, I do want to throttle it down a little bit because I think Minnesota is going to play some sort of bracket coverage and, and use zone to kind of protect those young cornerbacks. But it's still Devontae Adams. The dude's going to get like 12 targets no matter what. He just shows up on the field and he's getting 12 targets. It's kind of like DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. This, this is the new DeAndre Hopkins. I know people keep drafting DeAndre Hopkins because of his name. It was the system that he was in and more so just the output of targets that he was getting fed all season long. That is now Devontae Adams, and I cannot agree more with Sia that this is a very good candidate for the wide receiver one this year. I love it. What He he did pretty well last year and was hurt for like four games, right? So that's <laughs> yeah. like the craziest part. He still had, I think, double-digit touchdowns, right? Something like that. I, th- I think his touchdowns were like the issue for him. Oh, I'll was it? that up right now. Maybe yeah. last, uh, maybe, oh, that's on me then. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. He I did think. everything else but score touchdowns. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was it's still impressive. Um yeah, he had he five, five in 2019, 13 and 18. So and two of those were against the Giants. Maybe regression, that's why regression like is going up. Let's see. Is that on about that wide receiver one call? I love that. I wish we can get odds on fantasy players, but I guess uh, you play DFS for that reason. Yeah, I think that's what we do, right? Um all right. So yeah, let's, but it's uh, not like season long props on a wide receiver one type of thing. Someone listening out there that's smarling us, open up a sports book for fantasy point props. That'd be fun. <laughs> think that's just trademark that we, we trademark it think that's just monkey knife fight no well, that's we, only weekly that's not yearly oh yearly i apologize i apologize all right yeah, trademark it will um that will be another source of income for us over here yeah, when yeah you just started up we'll take it though thanks guys deal. Deal, deal, deal. <laughs> um all right moving on we have a couple only three four o'clock games which are kind of boring two of them look like they're gonna suck too which isn't fun so we have the los angeles chargers in Cincinnati against the Joe Burrow Bengals, we line opened at three and a half to the Chargers, still at three and a half to the Chargers. Total opened up at 46 and a half. That moved all the way down to 43. So I'm assuming either everybody doesn't think there's going to be some scoring or some really, really smart people don't think there's going to be any scoring in this game. Sia, how are you looking at these Chargers? Uh, I know you hate Anthony, well, maybe not Anthony Lynn. I know you hate the Chargers and the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I was kind of hoping this line would be bigger. I, th- I was hoping it would be like three and a half. Um, but with that said, I actually like the Bengals here. Um, you know, you consider the fact that Joe Burrow is a rookie, and that's definitely not good for him or this spread. But, you know, it's Tyrod Taylor on the other side. And Tyrod Taylor is good, but he's not anything beyond good. And so when you consider that you've got Joe Mixon back there, you've got an upgraded offensive line for the Bengals, an extra target on the outside with T. Higgins, it just seems to me like this game is going to be close. Um, I think Cincinnati could potentially win it. Let's not forget Derwin James is out as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. your L.A. is already t- taking some hits uh, with injuries like they always do. Um, Mike Williams is hurt for for L.A. So. I think three is too much. I'm kind of hoping it goes to like a three and a half and then I would love it, but it's a stay away from me. But if I had to take it, I would take the, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And and I apologize if I said three, I do have the line at three and a half at most. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, I like that. It. William Hill, three and a half FanDuel, three and a half DraftKings, three and a half. So you can take it. You can take it. Yeah. You can take it and run Nick. How do you feel about this game? Uh, I'm just excited to watch Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon. Joe combo. Um, oh, the Joe combo. Trademark that loved, shit. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> Put that in the file for things I need you to do as my yes. lawyer, please. Thank Got you. Got it. Done. Appreciate you. Double Joe. I'm we'll already working on that. it. We'll be stacking that some game. Um, I don't know. I think I like the over here. I I think, uh, but I don't know. I think I like the Chargers just because it's Chris Harris. I love Chris Harris. I will always talk about him when given the opportunity, despite how old he is, but uh, I don't know. I don't want to talk about Austin Eckler. 
<laughs> got to do it. I just want to watch this game. I just want to watch this game and hope Jerbo, Joe Burrow is as good as I think he is. Watching his college tape, like he is Andrew Luck in a nutshell, in my opinion. It's just the one year though that he was that good for, so that's mm-hmm. kind of difference between Andrew Luck. He kind of Luck always had it, but forty three is a really low total because like. The Chargers aren't going to grind you out on the ground. They're not going to give Eckler 15 carries. They're not going to give Josh Kelly seven or eight carries. They're not going to give Justin Jackson any more than 10 carries. Like who, if they get a big lead, they're not really going to sit on it because that's just not the way the offense is designed. And no Mike Williams. I guess Keenan Allen's a good cash game DFS play just because he's a lock for six catches. Um, Hunter Henry, no one's going to play him. I just don't know. I I don't know what to think about Tyrod Taylor. He's just not sexy either, but he is a good game manager. He can throw a very good deep ball. I would love this game a lot more if Mike Williams plays. I, I don't think he's going to. They still give the coach speak that he's questionable. There's there's no way mm-hmm. they said it was like a four to six week injury in this like week two. But 43 is such a low number for a Zach Taylor team that throws the ball 45 times a game. It's probably lower than that, so don't fact check me there. But I don't know. These defenses aren't that good. So 43 just seems like a very low number, but it is getting bet down. So it opened at 44. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be on the other side of sharp money there. So I'll probably just no play and, and enjoy this game just to watch Joe Burrow. I love it. Yeah, it, it, it's getting bet down um, a bit. So that's never a good look. But yes, uh, I think there is a possibility and I just want to see some points. I don't think Austin Eckler is as good. But yeah, if he I think he had what, like 15 catches in a game last year. Or something. Yeah, he's certainly it's very serviceable in PPR. Don't get me wrong yeah. there. But like this game script, I know they're only a three point favorite, but I figured they'd be a little bit higher. I just I think this is a game where the Chargers would be in really good shape if they had some kind of grinded out guy. And hopefully that's Josh Kelly later on, but I don't see that happening week one. Just snagged him in one of my drafts, so we'll see what happens. So let's move on to Arizona Cardinals visiting the NFC champion, San Francisco 49ers. Game opened at 45 and a half. It's now all the way up to 47 and a half. It opened at seven and a half to San Francisco. The consensus is now minus seven. You can still grab it seven and a half in places like FanDuel, uh, seven over at DraftKings. So you can find this line. It's moved around a little bit, so you can kind of figure that out. Nick, let's start with you. DeAndre Hopkins uh, is now, I think, the second highest non-paid quarterback or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's starting to get a little weird, but talk to me a bit about this game. What are you feeling? Second house max bet. I think C and I are going to agree big time on this. I think Sam Fran absolutely routes him. Oh, I would like, why are they only a seven point dog? Green Bay was a seven point dog in that playoff game or, or five and a half, six, seven. Like it was around that range where it's kind of irrelevant numbers at that point. When did Arizona learn how to stop the run? Like, how are they, how is San Fran not a 10 point home favorite here? And this is a game where they just run the clock out. Like this is a bad line and 70% of the public's on Arizona and Vegas isn't moving that line because they know San Fran is the right side. This was my favorite bet outside of that bears over. And I'm 100% on San Fran Shanahan zone run scheme. They're going to run the ball down Arizona's throat and I'm going to enjoy every bit of it. It's going to be glorious. See, I talked to me about this game. So I'm not as big on this game as it's, it's pretty much a stay away game for me, but I totally agree with Nick's premise. I mean, I think Raheem Mostert could have a gigantic game just right off the bat. I know there's some, you know, people sort of speculate, well, how much run is he going to get versus a Tevin Coleman versus a McKinnon or Jeff Wilson even. But but I actually think this might be a great game for Raheem Mostert just from a DFS standpoint. And because he doesn't catch a ton of balls, I think he'll probably go, not ignored, but he'll go low owned. So I, I think this is obviously a great game to stack. But 
interestingly, like I think obviously people will stack it on the Kyler end. I mean, if you really wanted to be contrarian, I, I guess you could stack it on the other end. But if you put Raheem on on the Niner end and you take Kyler and maybe you fade DeAndre Hopkins, you take a Christian Kirk or something or whatever, you you, you put him with with Hop. I think that's this is a very stackable game. But I agree, the running game is too good at the end of the day, and and we got to remember as as sexy as as the um, Kyler Murray and company are. I mean. San Francisco returns almost everybody on their defense. Uh, you know, DeForest Buckner's gone, but but Javon Kinlaw is there, and he's not a replacement. He doesn't, you know, fill that you know pie chart necessarily, but it, it's a pretty good substitute. So I, I just I like the Niners. They're going to be more ready, that's for sure. Yeah, Clay Mostert, baby, you were dead on about that. He is number five on the eighty mile or eighty mm-hmm. model rushing yards total, and wow. not even getting half the carries projected. So I was, I was going to say he's. Probably getting a third of them. It's ridiculous. That, I hate that Niners offense for that fact. But let's make some money on it. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think Nick. I I mean, we saw. Well, Arizona did play San Francisco tight last year, but I do agree. I think they're just going to run the ball down their throat, and it's going to be a joke of a game. Don't let Jimmy yep. G throw the ball too far over Emmanuel Sanders' head. Oh wait, he can't because Emmanuel Sanders isn't there anymore because he's in New Orleans. So we're going to head down to New Orleans. We're going to talk about Tampa Tom. Uh, going up against the New Orleans Saints. The game opened at 50 and a half. That's a number I like to see. It's now down to 49 and it opened four and a half to New Orleans. Consensus is now minus three and a half to New Orleans, but it pretty much looks like all these books. It's minus three and a half. Really can't get it minus four and a half anymore. Nick, give me some fireworks, man. Talk to me. I, Why are you I so freaking like excited? Under. Oh, I'm just, you. I mean, we did. Yeah, I know. We I like the under, but. It's Tom Brady in a new uniform against Drew Brees week one after COVID like this. Come on. This is going to be great. Then we ride it right into Sunday Night Football. Sunday is going to be just the best. It's going to be ever. glorious. It's going to be better. Like to you, you got married and everything. Probably the best day ever. This could be the first best day ever when your wedding goes to number two. First best day I, I, wedding I, of my married life? I think that is an absolute possibility. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the over. I think it's just the best day of all of our lives Sunday because football's finally here. But Brady versus Breeze, yeah, I like the under. I don't. I know New Orleans is going to run the hell out of the ball. I'm a little bit concerned about Alvin Kamara. He's got like something going on with his back. He got an epidural. Like he's not pregnant. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know much about epidurals, but that's the only time I've heard it. My mom was an OB nurse, so. I do know some of that stuff just from hearing her talk about it. But I actually don't know anything about it. I just know the terms. <laughs> nope. I don't know where the hell I'm going with this, but I'm just nope. excited to watch this game. I like the under. I don't think I want to pick a side. It's I'll, I'll never bet against Brady, but I think three points at home for New Orleans is a little low, which is how good this team is. And bringing in Emmanuel Sanders, that defense is still there. Uh, we got Marshawn Lattimore, who finally came on a little bit last year. I know he was slow to start the year, and he was a stud the year before that, but it's good to see him back. I think he's going to do a really good job on Mike Evans, and they'll – I don't know. It's Chris Galvin submits message for everybody. I was to play on the inside, but if Tampa Bay is going to run the 12 set with two tight ends, we I don't know how we're going to see Goblin in the inside. So I think this is just a very fun game to kind of scout and watch and see what we get out of Tom Brady and Tampa Bay and just kind of what identity they bring and what we see out of that backfield. Cause that's very cloudy mess too. But I think for me, it's the under, it's a lot of points. I don't think either of these teams played that up pace. And I mean, both these quarterbacks probably combine for, you know, AARP or whatever. I don't know if that's a thing either. I'm just it ranting is. here. But yeah, all right. Yeah. See, so get it's it. They're old. Thing. They're old. They're not yeah. that old, but but it is AARP is a real thing. And our friend Joey, Joey, you're a little late to the party. Yes, we think Odell Beckham's <laughs> going to play like crap. Uh, Sia, 
<laughs> talk to me about this um, Tampa Bay Saints game. So first of all, remind me, is it three or is it three and a half? What are you seeing? Because I'm seeing three and a half in some places. Yeah, yes, I have three and a half. Okay, so I like I like the Buccaneers. If it's three, it's it's a stay away. If it's under three, I like the Saints. Three and a half just seems like too much. I, I think both these teams are going to be ready. We, we know that <clears throat> Drew Brees and company are going to be ready, but I think you know Tom Brady is going to be too. You know, Tom Brady has more weapons. And by the way, I am a little concerned about Kamara's back injury. So it's his sacrum. It is an epidural injection, and typically when you get one of those, you know. It's not like that's the last of it. You know, usually that pain comes back at some point, especially if you're a football player. So, you know, I, I had to draft in my very first draft. I had to draft Kamara seventh overall because he slipped that far for some reason. And I was kind of like not even feeling that great about it. And he's sort of off my board in terms of drafting somebody in the top six, especially in a standard league and non, you know, a non PPR league, because that does concern me a little bit. You know, you know, they have Latavius Murray. You know, he can be sort of bell cow-ish, at least, you know, inside the five, inside the 10. And if I'm the Saints and I'm gunning for the Super Bowl, I might have a girly situation on my hand, not nearly as bad because a knee and a, and a lower back is two completely mm -hmm. different things. But I might want to just sort of pace myself with Alvin Kamara until the playoffs where I know I have him fresh. Uh, he does have a concussion history, too. Not a significant one, but he's had a concussion in the NFL before. So, uh, yeah, he worries me a bit, but three and a half is too much. At the end of the day, I'm going to be taking the, the Buccaneers plus three and a half. And those are our Sunday games. Let's move to Sunday night football. Of course, the Dallas Cowboys. I'm su honestly surprised, actually, it's not Cowboys-Giants. That's just crazy. But we have the Dallas Cowboys going to the brand-new L.A. Stadium with all zero fans that are going to be there. Line opened at minus 2.5 to the Cowboys. It's now moved to minus 3 consensus. Still, still grab it at minus 2.5 in places, it looks like. And it opened at 50 and a half total and is now up to 52 consensus, which is fun. I like to see when those numbers move up. Sia, talk to me. Why do you think the Rams lose this game? <laughs> yeah, this one's interesting. When it opened at two and a half back in May, I, I was like, keep an eye on this game because this line seems just a little fishy. I mean, the the Cowboys, uh, you know, year after year seem to be have, seem to have upgraded, and the Rams sort of seem to have downgraded. I mean, with the terrible contracts they've taken on, Gurley's not there anymore. Golf doesn't look the part really. So this one seems really fishy to me. I think on paper the Cowboys seem like the strong play, but this is a stay away from me. And, and honestly, if I was going to take it. I would take the Sean McVay side. And I, I emphasize McVay because I think in week one, when he's had this much time to prepare and being on hard knocks and all this, like I, I don't know that the Rams win the game, but it's not like three points is a lot, but it's just a fishy line to me. It's It opened fishy. It continues to be fishy. So it's a stay away, but I'm not, I'm not liking the Cowboys. How about you, Nick? Man, this is this one of the hardest ones. When these teams play, it's always such a tough line for me to try to pick. I'm going to go against the public. I'm going with the Rams for McVay. I'm going to agree with Sia. I think we are on the same page on most games, so I like that. I'm just going to see what kind of player props we get because I'm very excited to see what type of line they post for like CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Blake Jarwin. I think he's in a really good spot here. I don't think they really run two tight ends at all. I think it's Jarwin's show. And I got Zeke projected for a monster game. I think he could run all over the Rams. That's the best way to kind of get rid of Aaron Donald is to run right at him, similar to what people do to Khalil Mack and the Bears. So if you got Zeke in your season long, expect a really good week one for him. And he's going to be very active in the passing game too. It's I think Daxon for a really big game. I think I like the over here. I think that's where I'm going to go because I don't like any side of this game. I think I would lean, like I said, with the Rams and McVay. But 52, it's a big number, but I think these teams could do it. 
pretty quickly. I think they can shoot out if it needs to be, and that's what I'm hoping for because it's Sunday Night Football. we got to end on a bang. Yes, we have to end on a bang. I usually fall asleep for the second half of the Sunday night game, though. Not going to lie. After all yeah, that football in the East Coast, watch, man. You got all, all that football watching all day. I drink all that beer. I eat all those chicken wings. I mean, by like 1030, I'm kind of tired. What do you want from me? Wow. Man? Speaking of AARP. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, we get it. We get it. Okay. Okay. Um, you all got right, married. Now on. you're napping on the couch. No, no. I, I've been doing this much before I got married. Don't blame it on my beautiful, wonderful wife. All right. You. You, 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 shut your mouth, sir. All right, let's move on to these Monday night games. We got two of them, which is always fun. I wish they did more of this, honestly. Granted, again, I wouldn't watch the second game, but it's still, still kind of fun to talk about. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers going to the New York Giants at Giants Stadium. Opened at minus three to Pittsburgh. Somehow the consensus made it all the way to minus six. And it opened at 48 over under 48 game total that kind of just moved a little bit to consensus at 47 and a half weird, weird line. So again, depending on how you feel about this game, you can get it minus six at William Hill. You can snag it at minus three and a half on FanDuel minus five and a half on DraftKings. So I guess somebody has no idea. Maybe it's those uh, European sports book. Nick's always likes to uh, to pick on a little bit, but they have no idea what the hell what we're trying to do for this game. So I'm kind of curious. Um, Sia, let's start with you. Talk to me. I mean, we've been betting against this Giants team. I think when it was plus three and a half, we, we took the minus three. Are you still taking the minus six uh, in some of these books? No, not minus six, but I don't think it's going to settle there. So, I mean, you know, obviously every book is different. Like the, the outfit I use has four and a half. I think that's a fair number. It still feels a little high to me because I think this game opened at four, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you just told me, but when, when we go back to like the show we did right when the lines came out, which again was a few months back, I thought it was Pittsburgh minus four. I mm-hmm. like it. I mean, you know, I don't like the Giants this year. Um, I just think Pittsburgh with all their with Big Ben coming back healthy um, is going to surprise a lot of teams. They're kind of a, a long shot Super Bowl or AFC championship winner for me. Again, long shot, not something I'm predicting outright, but um yeah, I like I like Pittsburgh. I don't see how you could take the Giants here. The only way the Giants cover this game is, is a backdoor cover, in my yeah, opinion. Completely agree. The Giants are terrible, and I'm so disappointed to watch them all season. We have no secondary. We have no offensive line. We have no pass rush, and that is a recipe for destruction. Nick, tell me why the Giants lose this game by more than six points. James Conner coming out party. Big Ben's back. I'm just there's so many weapons now that Big Ben's back on this Pittsburgh offense. You have to respect Juju. You have to respect Deontay Johnson. We saw him come out with a bang last year. James Washington, he's no slouch. I know he drops a ton of balls, but hopefully that's been worked out. But then we get Vance McDonald, Eric Ebron, and Chase Claypool. There are so many red zone weapons. I just think if if Big Ben's healthy, obviously we all think he is. We haven't seen him throw or anything like that since then. So that'd be my only reservation to taking Pittsburgh is because we all just see Ben Roethlisberger healthy, good to go. But let's see him play. He's getting a little older, and I know he's still got an elbow issue. Like, that's what he had surgery on. But this is a tough offense and a even tougher defense to score on. So I like Pittsburgh, I think, a good bit, but I'm just excited to see James kind of props. And then Juju, I think I got him projected for 66 yards. Pretty big game. Um, I just don't see how the Giants defense can contain him but the Giants should run Barkley into the ground to kind of keep this offense off the field, and that's the way you can kind of beat Pittsburgh is running on them. You're not going to be able to pass on them very well, especially, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick out there, probably one of the best players in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball. It should just be a fun game to watch. I think it's a perfect, 
you know, what is it? Six o'clock central. So seven fifteen your guy, your guys time, get home from work, watch that game. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I don't have a bet on this game, but you know, just cause it seems like I'm late to market if I want to take Pittsburgh, but I would lean Pittsburgh for sure. Or add it to that, uh, that Indianapolis Colts, like a parlay with those two or tease those two. I think that's a really good way to go for this one. Cause I, I don't see Pittsburgh losing this game with or without Big Ben being back to 100%, just as defense going to keep him in it for sure. Mm-hmm. And and again, you're not late to the party. I, I still see here that on FanDuel, you can grab it at minus three and a half uh, Pittsburgh. So What's going on with that, man? All right. I, those European sportsbooks, you... man. Those European sportsbooks. Use promo code WINDAILY, by the way, if you're going there. Um, last game of the week. My goodness, just what an incredible, incredible week weekend it's going to be. Thursday, Sunday, Monday. Last game, Tennessee Titans going to... The Denver Broncos, as we just heard, I think as the show started, we lost Vaughn Miller uh, for the year. Very unfortunate. I mean, it was, a, I guess, a freak incident, freak accident. I don't know, last play of practice kind of thing, and he tore something in his ankle, I think. I read that just sucks, man, because I love what he's a funny guy, but I love watching him play football. It's always cool how his like elbows can touch the ground, but he's still standing up. It's insane. <laughs> Talking about this game, though, we have it at 42 and a half uh opened at 42 and a half total and my page just refreshed thank you vegas insider uh let's scroll some more we gotta find the total again opened at 42 and a half looks like it's around 41 now the game opened minus one and a half to denver and now the consensus i'm seeing is all the way to minus two and a half tennessee now i don't think that all happened in the last hour with this von miller news but that's a lot of line movement. Um, you know, four points is that? Sia, you're my mathematician. Make sure I'm right there. Talk to me a little bit, Sia. Why? I mean, how do you feel about this game? Last game of the night. I'm going to be asleep, so please tell me if it was a good game or not. But but what are you feeling for this Monday night game in terms of the bet? I think the Titans are kind of one of those teams that people sleep on a little bit. So I think probably some sharp money is coming on the Titans. I mean, obviously, they also signed Jadavion Clowney. It looks like they're kind of all in to try to catch the AFC South. So um, I understand the line. You know, I was big on the Broncos early in the season. I guess the shine is off them a little bit, especially with this Von Miller mm-hmm. news. I mean, the problem with the Broncos is their schedule is pretty treacherous. So that that sucks for them. But in this game, you know, I'm not a big fan of betting this one either way. But I, I do like I hate to say it, but I do like especially with Drew Locks just still being young. I do like the Titans side a little bit better. I love it. Nick, last bet of the night. Last bet of the I'm weekend. Do, if the line gets to three, I'm going to take Denver just because you could run on Tennessee and then Adoree Jackson has to cover Cortland Sutton. So he's just smile. I can, I can feel, I am, I know I'm looking that's, at you, but I can hear your smile through your eyes and everything. It's absolutely beautiful. That's going to be a problem. Adoree Jackson is my favorite corner to pick on with big and somewhat fast wide receivers. I said it last year on the live stream, the day Mike Evans went off in Tennessee. I think he was like 4% owned or something like that because everybody's on Godwin. Adore Jackson cannot cover big body guys that can, you know, get up a little bit off the line. Cortland Sutton's faster than Mike Evans. Sutton's going to have a big, big game, and I'm going to enjoy that. That is my action on the day is whatever Sutton's receiving prop is. I'm taking the over on the yardage. But if it does get to three, I think Denver keeps it close because they could run the ball as well with Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. Nice little one-two punch there. And – yeah, I mean, Von Miller, though, that changes it. So I think we will see three, maybe even three and a half, just because the, the public's going to react pretty heavily to that. And then no Chris Harris in Denver. It, it's tough. Like what I did like in this Denver offense, both two pieces are gone now. So it's tough. I, I would say no bet, but whatever Sutton's prop is, be sure to check out our site because I will have a well in depth article on why Sutton's going to smash it. 
he's probably just going to say because he's going up against Adoree Jackson and that's as deep as we need to get. But, yeah, like, why would I need to say more? Like one sentence, you know the drill. Hey, man, if you win money, I cannot care less why I'm winning and I'm just going to tell you and it's going to be fantastic. So that is the whole week one. We went over all these games, couple DFS plays, of course. Make sure to be paying attention to all the articles that are coming out. As I said, we already have our game-by-game breakdown, which is incredible. Shout out to Adam for that. We have our season-long rankings, obviously. I just did one last draft tonight. I think I actually have one more draft tomorrow night in the lead-up. So I still get one one more one more hope, one more granular of hope in my life. I'm sorry, Nick. Yes, please. Uh, I was just going to say, like, can we end on our top three bets? Uh, yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. What are your top three bets? Nick, you go first. I think I have mine. But <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm first. sorry. That was easy. Um, mine's obviously Chicago, Detroit over 44. The second one is Washington plus six or even better on FanDuel. I think he said it was six and a half, if not seven. And then, you know, it San Francisco minus seven against Arizona. I think they absolutely blow the doors off that team. And those are my top three right there. Washington, San Fran and the bears Detroit over. Love it. So, I'm going to start with the Thursday night game. I'm going to go ahead and plant my flag with the Texans, plus nine or nine and a half where I've gotten it. Uh, I like Detroit. I still like the minus three. I do think it's going to kick down to two and a half, so wait for it. I've got it at one and a half, but get it at two and a half if you can. I absolutely love that bet. And then I'll take Washington, plus six, plus six and a half, wherever you get it. I think it's too many points. I think they could potentially win the game and surprise a lot of people, but I don't think they lose by six, six and a half. Those are my three favorites. Well, we saw that game last year. I know we already talked about it, but I think it looked like Washington was about to cover and then the Eagles actually covered with like a late touchdown or something. And unfortunately, I mean, I'm so excited to go on John Jansen's show on uh, Fox Sports Philly when after the Eagles lose, because I want, are we allowed to accept callers? Like, is that a thing? Can guests (laughs) accept callers just so I can scream back at someone? I think that would be an absolute blast. But thank the two of you. Yes, just continue to check out Windaily Sports. We're going to have all the DFS. We're going to have season long. We're going to have waiver wire. We're going to have bets. We're going to have props. We have everything 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 that you'll need to win a lot of money we have nick we have sia our team is stacked it's going to be fun you're going to see me a million times a week i know you already do but you're going to see me even more it's i know it's crazy um yeah and i think that's about it uh sia where can everyone find you on the internet at sia najad s-i-a-n-e-j-a-d nick where can everybody find you on the internet sticks picks s-t-i-x-p-i-c-k-s and let's get it i think we're doing a full dfs deep dive later on this week or something like that so i think we might be i think we might be and and pay attention every sunday we're going to have a live stream before the games i think starting around 11 eastern because nobody uses central time for anything nick just want to let you know that now (laughs) 11 Eastern. what's central time yeah i don't know he said central before i was like uh, oh oh you mean that other time zone that no one uses at least use mountain (laughs) that one at least sounds cool but uh at 11 eastern we will have a live stream every single sunday on this wind daily show where you and can your friends can watch and make a lot of money with us in real time with all the most updated news, which should be a blast. So for Sia, for Nick, for the rest of the Wind Daily Sports family, for myself at Michael Rosiel one at Wind Daily Sports, we all hope you make it a very profitable first week of the NFL season. Yeah.